Hello, you've reached the Running From Diabetes hotline. To enter a race, plus one. To enter your blood sugars, press two. To gripe about being a diabetic, press three. To listen to the podcast, press four. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes Podcast. This is Kevin Kilograms, and this is my audio journal of my life dealing with diabetes as I train for endurance sports. Welcome to Running From Diabetes Podcast. This is Kevin Kilograms, and today is, I think like December 5th how bad is that <laughs> I'd said earlier I don't pay much attention to the dates maybe the 6th okay first Sunday in December how's that those off-road tires of that bike sound almost like a much larger peloton Quick update. Uh, I'm doing substantially well. Uh, today is a five mile. I decided to approach this active running and walking similar to the way I used to approach a uh, marathon, and I'm going to increase my long walk slash run one mile. And I know there's a 10% rule, but I think I've gone up high enough that I can increase it by the one mile. And so, although I did, I'm doing five miles today, four of it will be at a heavy pace walking, and then I did one in the middle at a one and one with a you know one minute walk, one minute run with an 11-minute pace run, maybe, I was trying to slow myself down to 11 and a half, I need to, you know, remind myself to keep it, maintain it real slow, I felt just fine, I didn't feel uh, too far, um, out of morning, too far out of oxygen, but I did, uh, it did push my heart rate up into the 160, 158 to 160, and so, it's a busy day today, it's like 9 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I finished the 3 miles, and I'm on the way back for the 2, I decided I'd do the 2 on the way back because of less wind noise. But, oh my goodness, it's like 55, 58 degrees, sunny, beautiful, Southern California, winter day, no wind, so hundreds and hundreds of bicycles are on this bike trail, a few walkers, a couple of runners, um, me personally, 
I have maintained my diet. Stayed true to the whole foods thing except for one day. And we ended up at Denny's. And I had the, uh, I'll explain. That was kind of the root of the show was going to be that. But I had the nachos. I only ate half the plate, but but other than that, my weight has uh, dropped uh, another two pounds. The um, I got the flu for two days. Oh man, would be. I'm the one person in my house that gets the flu shot. No one else will even think about it. I take that back. My mother does. Remember, she take care of her. The beeping is just my my watch doing the one-on-one -one intervals. I'm not gonna turn it off. I'm gonna leave it. The um, so we had a bout of the flu kind of roll through the house, and being as unhealthy as I am, I catch everything. Sure enough, down I went. What a pain. The uh, but other than that, I have felt pretty good. Just a, two really bad days, and then the next day was a, a little fuzzy. It wasn't a hundred percent. But I think my diet, my lifestyle, has limited how bad I got, how sick I got. And everybody else seems to be, now I got a bunch of teens that are super healthy and they all came down with it for the same amount of time. They have a tendency to not get it or kick right through it and I, a lot of times that'll take me down for a week. So, uh, <laughs> well, this bike trail and I, I see something that's very talented, although very reckless. Some young teenager, probably 13 to 14 years old. He's uh, on his beach cruiser and he's pedaling along going pretty quick. He's on a, Got a surfboard slung under one arm. It's not really a shortboard, it's a, I don't want to say a hybrid, fun board, whatever. It's um, a little bit larger. I don't know what the surf looks like today. Different boards are for different type of surf and different type of surfers. And so, but in the other hand, he's got his phone, looks like an iPhone. He's texting away on it, so he's writing with no hands, which I can live with, but he's looking at the screen, using his thumb. Of course, the headphones go up into his ear, so he doesn't hear anything. And he has absolutely no way to use his right hand. Now that dropping, probably a pretty expensive surfboard, or a pretty expensive iPhone. <laughs> like I said, there's hundreds of cyclists on this bike trail. 
and most of them follow sort of the rules of the road, but wow, there's some high end Pelotons. I think by now, most of the faster stuff is off the roads, unless they're doing anything long. Six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning seems to be the limit of the really powerful riders and the you know 10 to 20 person pelotons that move at a ridiculously fast clip i just thought i would point that out that you know teens i love my kids but i can see my kids doing exactly that being stupid of course i can see adults doing that too well so this week we went out to eat I think three different times and it's kind of odd to me and I thought I would voice this some restaurants really embrace the whole whole foods lifestyle or plant-based lifestyle or vegan or vegetarian lifestyle and some restaurants just don't get it and when I started thinking about it I started exploring other menus and realizing that maybe it's a Southern California thing but okay we went to uh, first of all this Inca Grill one of my favorite, all-time favorite foods is Peruvian. And they have a very meat-based diet system. But a lot of stews, a lot of grilled meats. Um, it's not so much Mexican. It's a very different approach. They use a lot of the same uh, chilies and peppers, but very different approach. Um, The, uh, so I got there and I'm thinking, okay, great, I'm going to, what am I going to order here? And the restaurant was really cool. It had all the different choices, the same choices I would always see. You know, Inca Girl's famous for this Juanita stew. and But instead of just, you know, it's beef, you know, it's a, it's a steak stew, it's a, you know, a... Other than the standards like uh, a paella, which is seafood. Seafood is seafood is seafood. They gave meat options for every single dish and broke it out. And most of the dishes had, they could choose a meat with vet. You can choose a meat and add, you know, supplement some of that with vegetables or you can choose a vegetarian option. And I did the Juanita stew, vegetarian option, and it came out with um, some soybeans, so mostly green beans. The stew was done the same. I asked the wait waitress, you know, uh, I felt I feel really bad ordering a vegetarian option in a Peruvian restaurant. She says, well, you know, if there was a restaurant to choose a vegetarian option, this is the one, as we really, um, have taken, you know, taken to heart the vegetarian. And so I guess even the Juanita stew, which is typically done with a beef broth, is done, the vegetarian option is done with a vegetable broth. Cool. So, <laughs> and it was the 
It was the only the only downside really was that it was a white rice. It didn't even occur to me to ask for a brown rice, but that's what happened. I can live with that. Okay, so the next restaurant we pick up my daughter. She's having a big water polo tournament, and they're going to Subway. She doesn't want a Subway, so okay, well we'll go where you want to go. She goes, I want to go to Denny's and get pancakes. <laughs> okay. I get to Denny's. And the only vegetarian option, only thing they have, is a vegan burger. And, <laughs> well, it's not Whole Foods. It is plant-based, but it's not Whole Foods. It's on a crappy bun. They decided to strip it of everything that could be good on it, you know, like, they didn't serve it with, uh, didn't serve it with, um, all the cutrons, why not? And the tomato, the lettuce, the spinach, you know, stack the son of a bitch with a bunch of vegetables. Make it like the Subway Veggie Delight with a bunch of julienne vegetables that make that sever, sucker pop, you know. It was the most sorrowful. <laughs> and it comes standard with fries. Whoa! Okay, fries mostly are vegetarian. <laughs> you know, I guess sometimes they're fried in more of an animal oil than a vegetable oil. <laughs> God. So I asked the server, is there anything else? And he says, we have the slim and fit or something like that fit and slim, fit and trim. And there are like three options for that. And basically, all I've done is cut out the cholesterol. You know, like the slim fit omelet is a egg white omelet with some vegetables in it. And um, served with turkey bacon and although probably better than pork bacon it's still a processed bacon you know it still has fat in it although less fat and less cholesterol than say the regular bacon and it's served with sour cream not a low fat served with sour cream the same with the the skillet hash, you know, I'm sitting there looking at it going, okay, so it's egg whites, scrambled, turkey bacon. Oh no, this one was turkey sausage. And fried potatoes, tossed, you know, tossed amongst the skillet. They're not getting it, not getting it, not getting it, not getting it, not getting it. So I guess Denny's will be my least chosen. funny because not even what you would consider the healthy restaurants like Subway they have the veggie delight and if you compliment them with avocado it's a pretty darn good sandwich but most of the meats are a deli style cut meat you know heavy salt heavy preservatives heavy fat yeah. <laughs> well last night I thought I'd make a venture because 
I grew up in the city of Costa Mesa here, and one of the restaurants that started here in Costa Mesa is a, you know, kind of a beloved one for Southern California. It's Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Back in the 80s, when I was in high school, early 80s, you could go down to Baja, Mexico, anywhere from, you know, you go past Tijuana, and you end up in Rosarita, or you'd end up in, um, my favorite was to go to Scorpion Bay, but, uh, and Sonata, and get in these places, and it had these fresh caught fish tacos. They didn't sound very good back in the 80s, I mean, we didn't understand it, but my god, that was like halibut or wahoo or you know, it was a white flaky steak type fish and not a fishy oil, fishy fish. Yo, honey, yo, I know. And so, with a lot of cabbage and then fresh picante salsa over the top, oh man. A little bit of cheese. You can buy them for ridiculously cheap. You get two of these and a they're served on corn tortillas. And so, gentleman up here in Costa Mesa picked up on that. And he would literally go down and get his fresh caught fish and spend the two or three hours driving it back under ice. And opened up his restaurant, Wahoo's Fish Tacos. And it's grown. I think he's franchised it now and everything. I mean, it's big. And around here, everybody knows Mr. Lee, the the owner and purveyor of Wahoo's. He was a surfer, which most people went down there were either partiers or surfers, and most partiers stopped in Tijuana. And um, so he catered to the surfing crowd. And most people, you know, will think surfers are, you know, basic potheads, which pretty close. I mean, most of us surfers had a taste for the ganj. But uh, we also had a taste for fresh food. You know, living along the ocean and in Southern California, you know, it's a farm-rich community and it's a huge fresh fish community. There's a fresh fish and fresh veggies, you know. And then, of course, so close to Mexico, you know, having a South American bent to it. You know, we have this Pacific surf Mexicana type food, all fresh. So the fish tacos hit at the right time. And well, needless to say, I thought we'd go over there because it's one of my absolute favorites. Has been for decades, back since I was little. Not little, but you know, in high school, it was cool because we were the only people who knew it was there. You know, it was a but the the original restaurant's still there. It's not like In and Out, you know. That's a our other hometown restaurant here. Although In and Out, that's a whole different story. But I'm like, oh, okay, I I guess I can do some whitefish if that's all they have. And I get there, and to start with, on the left side of the menu is the meat options. And of course, they have pork, carne asada, which is steak. They have the carnitas, which is the marinated pork. 
they have the wahoo or the, the white fish, and then they have a blackened fish, which is a little spicy. Then they have a, a shrimp, Polynesian shrimp, which is a, I think it's a skillet sauteed shrimp with a sort of this Polynesian sauce are pretty damn good. Then they had marinated mushrooms. Ooh, real meaty. And then they had uh, what they call bonsai vegetables, which are skillet browned or grilled vegetables that you could choose to put into your taco, your burrito, your bowl, or whatever. And so I ordered the uh, bonsai burrito, which puts the automatically puts the bonsai vegetables in, with the sautéed, you know, uh, grilled uh, marinated mushrooms and white rice, black beans in a whole wheat wrapped tortilla. And then, of course, I had to have it wet, which uh, you could get it in a green enchilada sauce or a, a red sauce. <laughs> And no cheese. Talk about rocking your world. They, they serve, you know, how hard is it for a restaurant to realize that this is a huge enough movement? I guess I read somewhere where vegetarians are 4% of the population of the United States and Southern California it's considerably larger so I guess you just have to pay attention that the most the big chain restaurants are going to cater to the fat sick and unhealthy the dying breed and the small smaller restaurants and I don't want to say Southern California based because that's not true I know that although Little Rock, Arkansas and Hope, Arkansas probably don't have the same opportunity because, you know, barbecue is a sport there <laughs> that Southern California does, but there's a lot of places throughout the United States that are getting hip to this. So I was really excited because I know that the kids like Wahoos and the kids like Inca Grills, so I don't have to do the burger and fry place or the chain restaurant that just feeds me a processed veggie burger that's crap. <laughs> Go figure. Okay. One more thing on a different note. If you decide to take up an active lifestyle, if you decide that active lifestyle is going to include walking, running, or some form of leg power, leg propulsion forward other than not cycling. I'm going to call cycling leg propulsion, but mostly on wheels. I'm talking about running, walking, jogging, skipping, uh, whatever. <laughs> it behooves yourself to get the best pair of shoes possible can't say this enough. Most people I see 
Now I'm a slow back of the packer now and I'm, I've relegated myself to looking like a, an old fat man just trying to get back into some semblance of shape other than, you know, an athlete that can run multiple marathons in a year and can even incorporate some longer distances or cycle ridiculous distances. I, I do know that these beginners, you know, they usually come out and they've got 10 year old tennis shoes that although don't look the part are totally beaten down. They're running in cotton warm-up suit, you know, the old sweats. You just have something funky on, like a, oh, there's a decent size, fast-moving Peloton. Um, not formed up real well. Uh, like a cotton bandana or a, <laughs> a sweatband. Now, if that gets you out the door and you love to run in that, and I know people who are great runners that run and stuff like that, it's okay. Not telling you not to do that, but I am telling you the one thing you have to do is get, don't go to Big Five, don't go to the Sports Authority, get over to a running store. We have one here called the Snail's Pace. Uh, Roadrunners, I think that's a national store that caters to runners. Find your local running store. LRS. Frequent that store. Talk to the people there. They will measure your gait. They will watch you run. And they will put you in appropriate shoes. Now this whole minimalist running shoe craze, more power. And they'll cater to that too. But they're not going to take an overweight you know, a guy like myself, and put him into a pair of vibrant five fingers. It's not a wise decision. At some point, I considered running, come on, honey, I considered running in a five finger, but you know, I'm just too heavy. I've got a good neutral gait anyway, but if you pronate, overpronate, supinate, supplinate, to have shoes to help you work with you. Here's the downside. Good running shoes are expensive. They run from a low of 80 to a high of what's well, called a buck 20, although there are a few that go way higher than that. They're gadgety, gimmicky. Let's say. The neat thing is, and this is my, my little portion of advice, and I'm going into this because I have my a new pair of running shoes on that's way. Um, is once you figure out what type of runner you are, what should you like? I'll tell you what they did with me, Snail's Pace, work with you on the type of shoe and they figure out that you're a neutral runner, heavy man, you know, a mid-cushion neutral running shoe. That's what I wear. Then they, they bring out six or eight pairs of different shoes. All the proprietors to figure the size out, and they they know to grow the size at least a half, because when you run, your your feet tend to grow a little bit, and they want to keep them comfortable. Nothing's worse than having a shoe that's a little short for you and gives you the black toenails. 
So <laughs> the uh, then they have you like test each one. You don't just put it on. You run a little bit in it. They put both shoes on you and they just run up the sidewalk, you know, 20 feet and back. And then you find, oh my gosh, I don't like the Nikes. I don't, there was another one that uh, were too wobbly for me. They didn't have like a, a firm based support system. Now that I figured out that I like, I basically have two shoes on my horizon. I like the Brooks Glycerins and the uh, Mizuno Wave Riders. I can go. Now, shoes are like cars. Every eight months or so, they come out with a new, new version or an upgrade. Like the ones I was running in a couple weeks ago were the Mizuno Wave Rider 12s. They've come out with the Mizuno Wave Rider 14. Yes, there was a 13 in there. I just missed the boat and buying the, that in the middle. But I needed new running shoes. And so instead of going down and spending $120 on a pair of Mizuno Wave Rider 14s, I went over and was able to shop clearance racks. Mizuno Wave Rider is the same at every store in the world. There's nothing different. And I found the Mizuno Wave Rider 13 on clearance for 40 bucks it's the 13 not the 14 found the right size tested it out and know what it's supposed to feel like slipped it on and son of a gun I'm good to go so that's how you defeat the pricing but definitely pay tribute definitely pay some money to the local running stores they will help you in so many other areas as well running injuries getting you over hurdles when it's time to get into the nutrition base, you know, your runs get so long that you need to start talking about on the road nutrition. You know, they get you away from the Gatorade, well, or they'll at least talk to you about the Gatorade. You know, if you want to go Gatorade or Powerade, that's fine. But they work with you and show you some of the benefits of things like Cytomax and um, Hammer Nutrition and, you know, the the more advanced stuff. Appropriate watches. Then you get into technical wear. Now, if you've never done running in technical wear, you're in for a blessed treat. I remember the first time I went from just a cotton, what I thought was a running sock, it was just a cotton low crew sock in an okay running shoe. I had gone to the big five and bought myself the wrong. I brought a, said I was a neutral runner. I brought a stabilization shoe, a sta stability shoe. And although it didn't hurt me because I wasn't doing some serious ass mileage, it was inappropriate. Come on. And the, um, couldn't believe that I went to, went around and they had these socks that are six, to $12 a pair. Yes, you heard me, a pair. These are technical running socks or technical cycling, cycling socks. They come in different sizes and they come in different heights. Pick something you like, nothing's wrong, you can't go wrong, but the fabric is a specific blend of um, synthetic fabrics that, uh, my first one was a Coolmax. 
of lycra, polyester, and I'm not talking the old polyester, I'm talking state-of-the-art stuff that will pull moisture away from your body and wick it to the outer edge of the fabric which where it will evaporate and cool down. First time I put these socks on and went for a run, I felt like I had fans inside my shoe because the air was breathing through them. It was so awesome. Oh, it was incredible. They get way more elaborate than what I just explained. I'm on a Drymax set that incorporates two types of fabrics. Blended over under. They're still very thin. You can get them thicker for the cushioning in them, but I, I like mine thin. And the inner doesn't like moisture. It pulls it right from the skin. Sets it right on the outer layer, and the outer layer likes to just let it evaporate. So all the moisture's on the outside of the sock, not the inside. Great for avoiding blisters. Now you can get that stuff, same fabrics and stuff, in shirts, hats, bandanas, shorts, um, and any other running equipment or equipment that you deem necessary, including jackets. So, local running store, get yourself a pair of shoes, and the nicest thing you'll do for yourself is put on a good new pair of running shoes and go for a walk. It feels awesome. Feels awesome. Feel like a kid again. I remember getting, as a kid, getting new tennis shoes, and it made me feel fast. I'd run around the house knowing that I was faster than I was the day before because I had new shoes, new running shoes, new sports shoes. Well, that's that's that same feeling. Hey, you're just going to town, Mr. Watch. Okay, this is Kevin Kilograms, and I'm out.